It's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show, where we make our best effort to connect the dots between our physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual selves. And what I keep saying, um, even though it's 2021, we have had a whole year of 2020, and now more than half a year of 2021, teaching us the importance of taking responsibility for our own personal health. And we're finding that the COVID vaccines, regardless of which one you've used, isn't sufficient. They're actually talking about booster shots if they haven't been totally approved yet, but it's you know probably heading our way. And so that should tell you, if nothing else, you know the importance of you taking charge of some part of your health as well. Um, so now I'm going to ask you to please go to my website. It's www.synergyconnectionradio.com. And when you're on the website, you're going to see the Boomers Forever Young banner. If you click on that banner, you can sign up for their free health newsletter. You can read some amazing testimonies and blogs and videos that are there, all kinds of podcasts. But um, the two products that I want you to highly consider is vitamin D3 if you're not already on it. Um, I use 10,000 international units per day and my vitamin uh, level and, and what you're doing with a blood test with vitamin D3 is it's your immune function. And so you want it above 70 and mine is an 82. Um, so you want something in that range that's going to say, hey, I'm here, I'm tough, bring it on because you'll be able to fight off the viruses or bacteria or whatever else is coming down the road. The other product that I really want you to take a look at is either the heirloom or the gladiator barley. What that product does, it's created in Canada and it's from a sprout. It is not a grain. So people that say that they're gluten intolerant can do just fine on this because it's a sprout. Um, and what you're looking for is the reduction of inflammation. So there is a test called a C-reactive protein test, and you want that number to be below one. I will tell you that mine is a 0.3. So there's very little inflammation in my body. And that's where all disease begins. It begins with inflammation. And so this product actually takes toxins out of the body. It rebuilds muscle and it reduces inflammation. So just go read a little bit about those products. Maybe listen to some of the videos and understand the importance of you taking responsibility, not just expecting your physician by giving you a vaccine to say all is good because it's not. It's really up to you to do your part. The vaccine might be part of the answer. It's not all of the answer. Alrighty, so back with me is Paul Levin. And Paul has been on my show. I enjoy having him a lot as a guest. Uh, he's been on my show, I'm thinking five or six times now in, in the last few years. Um, maybe it is. I'd have to go back and actually count. I have 180 shows now. And um, so they're all archived on the SynergyConnectionRadio.com website. And there's probably 80 or so that are now on the podcast platforms. So when you go to Spotify or iHeartRadio or Google or um, Apple, you know, all you have to do is look for Synergy Connection Show. And at that point, you will see, you know, my show with all of the different um, 80 shows that are there. And there's a synopsis for each one. And so people can kind of look at the show and say to themselves, yeah, that looks like it might be kind of interesting and read the synopsis and then go from there. So I know that you've got several that are on the podcast platforms and you've got a bunch that are back in the archives. Um, you're an author, you know, I know you're a speaker. Um, you refer to yourself as a breakthrough mentor and emotional breakthrough mentor. Emotional breakthrough mentor. An emotional breakthrough mentor. Okay. Um, you're also a certified hypnotherapist and an NLP practitioner. And for those who don't know what NLP stands for, it's, you want to tell them? Neuro-linguistic programming. 
Okay. And so that can do wonders for people that have uh, trauma or, you know, something that is kind of holding them back is to go through that kind of a program because that definitely can move it away. So for the past couple of years, you've been uh, teaching, I know because of podcasts, you've been doing a lot, or not just the podcast, but you and I talking, you've been doing a lot online because of COVID. And so you're working with students and some of the programs that you're doing and on an individual basis as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that they can find you if, if after today's show, they go, gee, I want to do a program with Paul. They can find you at you deserve a perfect life.com. I deserve. I deserve. Okay. It's always first person. I don't know why I always say you deserve. Okay. So I each deserve. person in the audience should be saying to themselves right now, yeah, I deserve a perfect life. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to talk about the four levels of consciousness that can help them get there, right? Absolutely. Because uh, if they don't understand this part, they might not understand how to actually achieve you know, that perfect life that we all are entitled to. True. And, and this part actually is an advanced concept here. So we're going to be delving into some advanced concepts here and we'll talk about the perfect life is actually the beginning of it. So you don't have to understand all four of them to have a perfect life. No, that's true. That's true. So we're going to start by looking at, I guess, the uh, victim consciousness is the level one. And a lot of times people come out of families or situations, you know, where they've learned that victim mentality, right? It's not a lot of times. It's a thousand percent of the time. Every time Uh, on this planet, if you were born on this planet, You've grown up to be a victim. Hmm. There's, there's no exceptions. Now, there are people who can escape that. And there are people who live above that. But even, I'm sh- I, can, I can tell you that even President Trump and Joe Biden would, would have experienced uh, moments in their lives when they were experiencing themselves as a victim. So what does that look like? You know, if somebody is, has got victim mentality, what does it actually look like so people can go, oh, I think I do have that? Sure. And I love the, 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 the four levels of consciousness are also referred to with phrases that end with the word me. So victim consciousness is the to me, T-O, me to me level of consciousness. Now, what does that mean? This is the level of consciousness where we see the universe acting on us or to us. So if it's raining and we wanted to go to the beach, the rain did it. The, The rain destroyed my plans. It's the rain's fault. And that's why I can't go to the beach. Or if I was riding my motorcycle, which I was at one point years ago, and wipe out and 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 you know damage the bike, not only you know not only the bike but my body as well, I could blame it on the rain. I could blame it on the sand. I could blame it on the, the tires of the bike. All of that would be victim consciousness. So it's all happening to you because of what? Well, I, I touched on a key word there. The two key words that identify or or typify victim consciousness is blame and judgment. So if at any point in your life, you blame your situation on something or something outside of yourself, that's victim consciousness. If you are going down the road and you have a judgment about something, that's bad over there. That thing looks really bad. That should be taken care of. That's victim consciousness. Really? Mm-hmm. So let me see if I can kind of um, uh, share what maybe, you know, a listener might be thinking. Um, so if you see a fight, I mean, we've had so much lately with, um, you know, our, our Black families and everything, you know, having to be concerned all the time about uh, violence. 
whether it's perpetrated on them or they're perpetrating it on other people or, or you know, th their friends, their family members. But it seems like, you know, it's not going away. If anything, it's certainly uh, maintained its status in the news. And so if we're not looking at COVID, we're looking at violence someplace. So if you see violence, let's just say, and you're looking at it, you have victim mentality if you judge that that's bad? Correct. Really? Yeah, let me tell you, let me tell you the non-victim mentality approach to that news. Okay. Is this affecting me personally? The answer is no. Is there anything I can do about it? If you can, great, get involved. If you can't, if the answer is no, then the, the conclusion must be this has nothing to do with me. I guess I'm having a little bit of a hard time putting two and two together. I agree with what you just said there. Absolutely. If it doesn't involve you and you can't do anything about it, then go find something you can do something about you know, look for areas where you can make a difference. But I don't necessarily understand how it's victim mentality to look at the situation and think, you know, that's sad, or, you know, I wish I could do something about that, or feel, you know, the compassion. That's different. That's different. Now you're talking about your emotional response to it. You can have an emotional response to anything you wish. You know, like you can see, if I'm driving down the road and I see flashing lights on the other side of the road, like like red ones, not blue ones, but red ones, like it's an ambulance or fire trucks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and, you know, there's people maybe lying on stretchers. My heart hurts for them. My, my empathy goes out to them. My compassion goes out to them. But there's nothing I can do, and I'm not personally affected. So frankly, I keep driving. I don't stop and look. Right. I don't, you know, grab a bunch of people and say, hey, let's all talk about this. Right. And talk about how horrible it is. And there shouldn't be, you know, we shouldn't allow accidents on the side of the road or something <laughs> silly like that. Okay. That would be the victim mentality. To say, yes, I felt really bad about the accident I saw, that's, that's a totally different thing. Okay. So I think it was important to make that distinction. Because it sort of sounds when you just say victim mentality as you look at a situation because you're judging it, it sort of sounds as though, uh, you know, it's too black and white. Um, you know, it, it really probably isn't victim mentality to identify briefly with, oh, how sad for that, you know, family that was in that car or that couple or that individual. Um, and if you that's, throw that's in... Not Let's, let's take judgment to the place where it, it, it really um, it typifies or, or uh, gives a much better, clearer example. Here, okay? mm -hmm. um, your best girlfriend, you know, you're, let's, let's, I'm going to do this from a woman's perspective, okay? So from a woman's perspective, your best girlfriend tells you how she just met this guy and he doesn't have a job and he doesn't have a car. Uh, but she loves him and she's going to be going out with him. And you're thinking what a fool she is. And she really shouldn't be going out with that guy because <laughs> that guy's really no good for her. Right. Right. That judgment right there, that judgment at the end about what you're feeling about what your friend's doing. It's none of your business. It really isn't. Your friend that, is entitled. Hmm? But does that make the person who is having that judgmental thought does that make them part of the victim mentality? It is part of victim consciousness. Okay. I like that better. Victim consciousness than I do victim mentality, well, I guess. Yeah. We're talking because, about four levels of consciousness. Right. So victim consciousness is a learned behavior. And probably we've been around a whole bunch of people all of our lives that have judged or analyzed or you know, made statements in front of us as children about how bad something is. Oh, even worse. They didn't make judgments about other things in front of us. They made judgments about us. <laughs> like you're doing a good job or that's a bad thing to do. Precisely. Yeah. Okay. Precisely. So when does somebody become aware of the fact that they're at that level of consciousness? You know, what is it that's the wake up call? 
honestly, until you discover that there's something outside of victim consciousness, you don't wake up. Victim consciousness. All life, your whole life in that uh, state of mind. By approximately six months of age, you are already in victim consciousness and you will remain there for the rest of your life to the moment you die, unless you go through a process that can take you out of it. And so where do you find that process? I mean, I think people reach a breaking point, you know, where they try so hard to maintain their, um, I don't know, their values, their belief systems. You know, it's, it's so scary to let go of that pattern of, of behavior. So at what point do you go, you know what, this is no longer serving me. I'm more uncomfortable being here then moving forward. Let's, let's back up a second and, and understand why it's so difficult to get out. In fact, I, I would say it's impossible to get out. And that is that from the time you're a toddler, long before you're a toddler, like I gotta say six months or so, mm-hmm. um, you have already come to learn that there is a physical universe around you, you know, from, from, infancy you're in a crib and you're playing with all these toys uh-huh. that, that you're not now that, that your parents have given to you to play with right right and there's the, the binky you put in your mouth right that, that soothes you and so there's this physical reality of a thing that you think is out there and from the moment we learn that there's a physical world we believe that there's a physical world there's pretty much nothing in the physical world to make you believe otherwise Parents, other people, relatives, you know, school systems, whatever, all support the concept that you live in this physical reality. And that physical, and, and when you live in a physical reality, that reality can act on you or to you. And if your reality is acting to you, that's victim consciousness right there. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's kind of like the dog that sits on the nail and moans. You know, it's only when it begins to hurt enough that he gets up and moves. And so only when the person has had enough pain um, of some sort, you know, they go, there's gotta be a better way. And then they begin to move into that next level of consciousness. They could start seeking out a, a change, yes. And hopefully they find a teacher who can then teach them the next level of consciousness. So let's, let's what, what's my contrast? I mean, I just described a scenario of a physical reality acting on you or to you. Gee, is there anything other than that? I mean, I could see everybody in the audience saying, is there anything else? Yes, there is. And that is to realize when you, when you can get to the point where you realize that you affect all of it. And that's that you're the one creating stage. everything else. I'm right. sorry, what? I said, and that becomes the manifesting stage that you yes. say, okay, I can make the change. I have to make it with my thinking and with ultimately my behavior in order to get different results. Yes. So I can see somebody out there saying, um, I'm in this terrible marriage right now. I am a victim to my partner. um, And you're telling me I created that I made all that happen. Well, you did marry the person. You are (laughs) choosing to stay with them. You could leave right now. I mean, before I speak the next word, you could jump in your car and head out and never go back. Uh, Suppose uh, I'm in, in the hospital and I have COVID. I'm on a ventilator. I'm about to die. Uh, you could hold your breath and die right now. Fly. You could end it right now. You know, whatever it is that, that you know, the, the steps you took, the actions you took, the places you went, the people you interacted with that led to you having COVID were all your choices. Now, I do realize there's a lot of anger coming up right now. There's a lot of people who are getting very angry at what I'm saying. And that's because I'm conflicting their victim consciousness. And anger is the response. So by holding up the mirror and saying, basically, these were choices you made. 
you made the choice to go to the concert. You made the choice to not wear your mask. You made the choice to not take care of your you know, physical body by doing things differently. Now you will pay the consequences. And people don't like to be confronted. They don't like to have the mirror <laughs> there where, yeah, and, and nobody really does. But at the same time, the way I have always looked at things is it provides that opportunity to grow. And that's why we're here in my mind is we come into life in order to learn and grow and move toward uh, some sort of maybe spiritual understanding, sacred understanding of what life is all about. You know, what is your life purpose? A lot of people never find it. You know, they, they look or they think they're looking, but they never really find it. Some people discover it quite by accident. <laughs> and then there's those that are intentionally looking to say, you know, what is my role? What, what is it that I'm supposed to do? And if you decide to move out of, you know, I'm unhappy and everybody has made me unhappy to I'm going to take personal responsibility and begin to manifest something differently, then that moves you to that second level of consciousness, right? It, it very much does because now, so, so actually let's take two scenarios and I'll, I'll take me. Um, at the point when I left the Northeast, New York and New Jersey and that area, taxes up there were getting really high, uh, crowding or the overpopulation, whatever, the, the, the ability to get, I mean, you can find some, some big plots of land, but very few of them. Mm. And I, I, along with my friends, whatever, we could all sit around and complain about, you know, how crowded it's getting and the amount of traffic and the taxes are going up. Or I could say, yeah, I don't like any of that. I'm moving. The first one's victim consciousness. Right. Where it's acting on me. These are all right. problems right. because it's acting on me. The right. second one is I'm changing reality because I'm moving. Well, it's not even you know, the moving, you made a decision to change your life. And one of those steps was to move. You could have stayed there and just done things differently, but you decided based on everything that you could see and understand that it was better to move. The life would be better. The climate would be better. The cost of living would be better, et cetera. And so you chose, you know, to make a change of location, which in turn, was a change of your mindset, right? Yeah, and I'll tell you what, let's go take it one step further. So I get down here to Florida, right? And I discover that the pay, back in those days, I was an electrical and computer engineer, and I discovered that the pay down here is like half right. of what it was in New York. Right. I could complain about that, or I could realize that, hey, I chose to come to Florida. Mm-hmm. And then maybe start a business instead of being an employee because, right. again, manifesting what I want. Right. Right. Um, you're familiar with Abraham and Esther Hicks. Very much. And uh, so um, uh, this is a lot of what, you know, they have taught, of course, um, her husband died. He was, you know, she she was the spokesperson for Abraham. Abraham came through her, but Jerry, you know, was her partner in life. And so, you know, they worked together for many, many years. Um, I don't know how long ago he died, but I'm going to say maybe as much as 15 years now. It's been a while. Um, and she continues, you know, to be that spokesperson for Abraham, to my knowledge, at least she does. But she always talked about, you know, you can fight the stream of life, you know, and complain and complain and complain, or you can learn to go with the flow because the universe wants to give you happiness. It wants to give you joy. It wants to give you everything that your heart could desire. But if you're constantly fighting, you know, because you keep looking at things as, well, it could have been this or this or this, you know, if you're always looking at what it isn't instead of what it is, um you know imagine a river do what imagine a river yes and a leaf mm -hmm. you're the leaf okay. floating in the river now sometimes the river is calm and 
It just kind of flows along really nice and smooth and there's no problems. Uh -huh. Other times there's rocks and, and rapids. <laughs> right. Now, if you're the leaf and you try to grab a branch that's in the water so that you don't go towards the rapids, and do you think you're going to be able to actually hold on to that branch as a leaf? No. And then maybe you'll get banged against the, 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 the banks on this side and banged against that rock and because you're trying to hang on. If as a leaf, you just let go and float on the river. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the ride will be slow and sometimes the ride will be fast, but you'll get less banged up than if you were trying to hang on to that branch. That's right, right. It itself is fighting against the current. Right. I think, um, you know, I think that's a really good analogy. There was a, um, a book, Leo Biscaglia. Do you remember that name? I do recall the name. But he wrote... Well, he was a, a psychotherapist himself and an author, but he wrote a book called The Tale of Freddie the Leaf. And when you mention a leaf and it was really about death and dying, but it was <laughs> on, on a children's level, you know, that a parent could read the book to their child and the analogy was there. And, you know, Freddie was so, so happy to emerge in the spring as this beautiful little green leaf. And then he kept looking around him and he realized that his purpose was to provide shade during the hot summer. And then as we moved into fall, you know, his purpose was to be this beautiful red color and with all the other leaves that were yellow and orange and, you know, shades of green maybe. And then as the weather got cooler and cooler, you know, his friends began to drop away. And it was very frightening to Freddie. And so he, you know, held on for dear life. He was just I should say that my heart goes out to Freddie right now. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> and then he finally, you know, he was one of the last ones on the tree. But he realized that the snow and, you know, all the quiet that was there in the wintertime was a gentle part of life, too. And so he let go. And then he just gently floated down and ended up on this lovely little snowbank. And I do think, you know, the analogy of life is like that, you know, we're born and we have a lot of things that we bump up against, but at some point, you know, we have to, like you said, let go. And hopefully you let go in midlife to see where life can take you instead of always fighting and trying to keep things compartmentalized, you know, just be open to wherever it's going to lead and know that the universe does want you to be happy. Very much so. Um, I, I, let's come back now to, to victim and manifester mm -hmm. consciousness mm -hmm. and talk about the fact that it's not that we want to get rid of victim consciousness. So victim, it, it's when we are in victim consciousness, we get to play with that reality that is acting on us. I mean, would it be any fun to think about parasailing if we couldn't actually put on a harness and get in a boat and, and go up in the air and parasail, right? We, we need that physical reality to, to play, to have fun. The problem is when, when a problem comes up, when, when some issue comes up that we don't like, that we don't want, that we don't enjoy, all right? And it's in those moments that you, we can remember, no, 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 I'm not a victim to that thing. I am the manifester of that thing. I can do whatever I need to do to change that thing. And then I can go back into victim consciousness and play again. Okay, why don't you give a very um, more concrete example of how that would work? So take a situation that is victim mentality, maybe show how the person goes about recognizing it and changing it, and then let them go back in and play. Because I think that people need to sort of hear that. Um, okay, I'm, I'm gonna continue talking about the theory until my mind comes up with a concrete example. Uh, let's say, I've got one for you. Go and for so, so let's, um, let's look at, because school's just starting. 
Yeah. So let's use school as an example. That's and, yeah. And so you've got um, a high school student. Let's let's put him into high school. So there is a high school student that is, he's a new kid. She's a new kid starting a new you know year freshman. You know, you've got all these other feeder schools. And now all these kids are going to be a freshman at this particular high school. So let's take the victim mentality with male or female, new year, new school, new kids that are all around you. It's not your old friends anymore. What well, might happen to... Let's, let's say that by the end of the day, you've met a few people who are going to be your enemies for the year. Okay. And, and you can already begin to see that your life for the coming year is not going to be that good. And so you've made, you've made that conclusion at that point. So now and, you're a victim. You're in victim mentality. These yes. guys are going to bully me. They're going to create all kinds of issues for me. This is going to be a really icky year. Right. Okay. And you begin to act from out of fear of them, or you begin to act from that victim consciousness. So you may avoid those kids. You may uh, dress in ways that, that make them uh, tease you more, or, or you, know, you may behave in ways that bring on you more you know, discomfort from those other kids, okay? All of this is victim consciousness, victim mentality, victim, victim consciousness, because it's all coming from the perspective of those other kids are out there and they are a problem to me. Okay, so I'm going to interrupt here for a second because I think this law of attraction needs to be kind of pointed out at this point because sure. your mind is looking at that situation and saying this is bad, victim mentality. Judgment. Yeah, judgment. And now you're getting exactly what you're projecting. Oh, it's self-fulfilling. Yes, it, it, is. Yes, it is. And so I think totally. it's important for people, whether it's on the job market or, you know, with a neighbor that's causing issues or like these kids, you know, that are now brand new students, new school year, whatever consciousness is going on in there that you're projecting out comes back returned to right. you. Right. By contrast, let's go home after school after that first day sit down and think about, review, what have we experienced today? We just went through an experience, six hour experience of school. What did we experience? All the little pieces, all the people we've met. Oh, there was that kid, that kid. He was, he picked on me, gave me grief at lunchtime. What about him can I, can I understand? What can I learn about that kid? And oh, I, I uh, maybe let's see. Um, I don't know. Let's say you noticed um, that he had a particular CD or, or, or of course, CDs are passe now too. Um, you know, you happen to walk past and notice on his phone that he had a particular song on his phone from, from Spotify that you like also. So the kid's a problem to you. He's going to give you grief and you know about this song that he likes. You could then say, well, what could I do to change the dynamic? What could I do to change the relationship? One thing I could do is uh, find another song by the same artist and give it to him. Or I, you could just mention, you could be playing that song and walk past him and see if he responds. Okay. You could do various things that could change the scenario. If you did nothing, it would continue on in a very unpleasant way. So you come in the next morning, you do one of those ideas, maybe walk past him playing that song. And he says, what's that song? What do you, why, are you, why are you playing that? Oh, I love such and such. Do you, do you know, have you ever heard of him? He's of course gonna say, of course, I, I apologize for the rain. Uh, um, but he's of course gonna say he loves that. And uh, that will totally change the relationship. Mm -hmm. Two it months would. later, yeah. yeah. I mean, two months later, you, you're best buddies. Yeah, because a lot of times the reason that relationships begin to, um, you know, have difficulty is they don't see any commonalities. You know, they, 
would be like if I'm a Packer fan and somebody else might be, you know, a, a Buccaneer fan and they play each other. And that doesn't mean that we're both bad guys, you know, to the right. other person. It just means that we have made, you know, alliances for whatever reasons with a particular team. And so the music example is good because, you know, there they have something in common. So focus on what's good that you have in common as opposed to the negative areas, you know, where there's conflict. True. That's I, 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 I did not want it to sound like we were just talking about good, you know, making things nice. Mm -hmm. Okay. Another example of being manifesto in a scenario. Um, and, and, you know, in life, we will have to do this a few times. Let's say there is somebody giving your grief in life. And it maybe it's one of your friends. And they're really becoming a, a thorn in your side. They're really becoming a problem to you. The manifester will, will, you know, arrange the time and place to have a conversation with that person to say, listen, this is not working for me. I don't like it. I don't like what you're doing with to me. And it's going to stop. You will either stop voluntarily or I will make you stop. I will find a way to make you stop. And you put an end to it. That's the manifester also. Well, couldn't the manifester ignore, you know, move on, uh, you know, walk down a different road, so to speak, because the victim mentality, uh, one of the things that I remember from years ago, there was a wonderful book that was about um, sexual abuse and the victim mentality is something that stays with that victim after sexual abuse for a long time. So sure. the person who wrote this book, pointed out uh, in a very short little free verse kind of a poem that in the beginning of therapy for victim mentality of sexual abuse, <clears throat> that, you know, the person is walking down the road and they fall in a hole and they can't get out. And it's, you know, the problem that the hole is there. And, you know, so they have to wait for somebody to help them out of the hole. You know, the next stage of that same person in therapy is they're walking down the street. There's a hole in the road. They fall in again, but this time they begin to recognize that it's partially their fault, but they're still angry that the hole is in the street. Why isn't it fixed? And then the third go round in therapy is that the person is walking down the road and they fall in the hole. And you know this time they're really upset with themselves that they've fallen in the hole and they get out very quickly. And then the fourth one is they walk around the hole, you know, it's still, in, it's still in the street, but they walk around the hole. And then number five is they walk down a different street. And so you do begin to manifest this different way of approaching something where you don't have to confront the individual, you confront yourself. And you basically are saying to yourself, I need to do this differently. Yeah, I mean, the, the bottom line is act in ways that serve yourself. Mm -hmm. Whatever that has to look like for you at the moment. Right, right. You and know? I think it goes back, I mean, even with COVID, I think it goes back to this idea that we have a personal responsibility to ourselves. You know, we can't be angry at listening to the news talk about it incessantly. We can turn off the news. We exactly. don't have to listen to it. You know, we can't be angry at people that are choosing not to get vaccinated because that is their choice. You know, we don't, we live in a democracy that says we do have choices, or at least I think we do, you know, still. So, you know, we can't look at the other guy and see them as the bad person. I think people are filled with so much fear and I always say fear is nothing more than false evidence appearing real. So if they're out there, you know, looking at a situation and pointing fingers and taking that victim mentality, then it's a matter of saying, what do you want to manifest differently? How do you want to do this differently for yourself? Because you're not going to change hundreds of thousands of people, but you can change you. What, what I've, advise people to do what I recommend people to do in the scenario you just gave we've got a person who's making a judgment about other people 
mm-hmm. and other people's behavior and declaring it bad and then having fear out of that getting fear from what those other people are doing that they've declared to be bad. What the manifestor would do is they would say, I don't like being around people who are doing that. So here's what I'm going to do. Right. Right. And, and make, you know, like conscious decisions and choices based upon what you can do. And then the focus has changed from outwardly them Mm -hmm. to inwardly. Inwardly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, I want to touch on these other two levels. Um, sure. The third level is a channeler. Yes. And so a channeler lets go of conscious control, I guess, and allows spirit to come through them. So you want to talk about that for a minute? All right. Well, we got to let's go run back to victim real quick. Victim is identified by blame and judgment. We've talked about that. We get rid of victim consciousness or we leave victim consciousness by getting rid of or letting go of blame and judgment, uh-huh. at which point we take on manifestor consciousness. That uh-huh. is the natural, you don't have to do anything. Just get rid of blame and judgment and you, you become manifestor, all right, which is the by me level of consciousness. Uh-huh. And what you get when, you're, when, you're, when you have manifestor consciousness, you get control. Now, I, I, I totally believe the universe has a, a great sense of humor because in order to go from manifestor consciousness to channeler consciousness, you have to give up the thing you just got. Right. Then it becomes through me. Right. When you give up control and allow things to just be the way they are, now it's through me. Now, now the universe is acting through me. And I would go back and say that the universe, again, wants nothing more than to give you happiness and joy and peace that's the objective and so when you get out of your own way which is the by me and allow for channeling through me there's more opportunity for that happiness and joy to be there and and i'll tell you what most people are are familiar with this level of consciousness already Mm -hmm. have you ever heard the phrase being in the zone sure sure especially with, with uh, uh, sports people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, people in sports. Uh, but it happens to speakers. It happens to book writers, authors. Um, I can tell you about 80% of my book was channeled. Um, you know, what, what does that look like? I would sit down to, to write, to be working on the book. Um, four hours later, I'd get up. I'd say to myself, oh my God, it's really four hours? It felt like 10 minutes. And then I'd look at the computer and it's like, oh, I've written 15 pages. I have no idea what I wrote. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I'd go back and I'd read it. And it's like, who wrote this stuff? This is good stuff. You know, <laughs> that was right. channeled. Right. Yeah. The guy who wrote The Shack that became the movie a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, that's exactly what he did. His, I guess his wife, um, and he always wrote a 45, 50 page uh, story that they gave at Christmas time to family members and friends. And on this particular year, uh, he started late, but once he sat down, it just poured out. He had no idea what he'd written. And, you know, later, 5 million copies have been sold of the shack. So uh, when, when Esther Hicks speaks in the voice of Abraham, mm-hmm. or it's Abraham speaking, Esther is channeling Abraham. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is being. Um, being, okay, being is the as me. So, so channeling is the through me. Being is the as me level of consciousness. This is the level of consciousness where you and the universe are one. And hold on, I'll explain that because that sounds like that's worthless words. I know, but, but I'm going to explain that. Uh-huh. Um, I've only experienced it three times, I think. Yeah, three times now. But I'll give you an example of one of them. One of them was Hurricane Irma. And it was, it was I was in the middle of Hurricane Irma. The, the, the eye had passed. The worst of the storm was over. And I, we lost power. I'm laying on my sofa in the living room. And I was bored to tears because with no electricity, there was nothing. I, I felt like there was nothing I could do. All right. I was just really uh, kind of frustrated and bored and, and just laying on the couch. 
and I'm kind of like drifting in and out of consciousness. And I decided that the night before, because of the hurricane, the night before, I had created a, a bubble around my house to protect my house. And I slept through the night, which was nice. But here, laying on the sofa, I said, let's, let's make it bigger. I'm going to make the bubble bigger. I'm going to include my neighbors. And then I'm going to close the neighborhood. You know, I'm going to go up above the clouds and I'm going to look down on the storm. And it's not that I had a visual sight of the clouds from up above, but I had a, a an inner experience of being up above the clouds, looking down on the storm. Okay. And I don't know how long it lasted because the clocks weren't working. Maybe five minutes. I don't know. But for a few, from some period of time, I was not in my living room. I was above the clouds. I was enveloping the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. That's being consciousness. Hmm. And we don't live there. You can't live there. It's, it's, you know, we're here in this illusion in body and mind, it is impossible to stay in being consciousness. I wonder, and I, I don't know whether this is an example or not, but in energy healing, you can do what's called long distance healing. And, you know, so you are in your physical body, but your energy can travel to wherever that person is and do whatever is needed energetically to help to heal them. You I can even acknowledge. Yeah. Right. About that person's body from mm -hmm. long distance. Mm -hmm. Energetically. Yes. Mm -hmm. that, would energetically. Be, that, would, that would be you know, touching into the being consciousness. Yes. Yeah, I would think so. If, if you ever get this sense that you're not here, that you're someplace else and, and you know where you are, you're just not here. Mm -hmm. That would be that would be a good example of being conscious. Hmm. When I was a senior in college, I listened to a radio show and the person that was on the radio was a gal by the name of Dame Sibylique. And Dame Sibylique was a witch in England and she was being interviewed in St. Louis and so I called the station as soon as uh, the show was over because I was president of the psychology club. And I thought, what a great speaker that would be if I could get her to come out to the campus. Lo and behold, she was willing. And we had a fairly small auditorium, maybe like 500 seats. We were sold out like almost instantaneously. And so it was a Presbyterian college that I went to. So we opened the Presbyterian church. We had standing room only. Wow. And she came out and she had on like a chartreuse dress and this kind of flaming red hair. And she wrote a book called The Witch and the Jackdaw. Um, and it's still around and people knew her from all over the world. So, I mean, we were just incredibly fortunate, you know, but she talked about this state of being where she could be physically in one place and then put herself physically in another place. Now, not in her physical body, but she was there energetically. She could walk around, she could see things, she could um, affect, you know, the outcome of things. And so there were so many questions that people had about, how, how do you do that? Because they didn't want to go from victim mentality through manifester, through channeler. They wanted to get from where they were right then and there and be able to go someplace. And it's just like life. You don't get to just go from A to Z. You have to go through the alphabet. You do, you do. And, and one thing we didn't talk about is how do you get into being consciousness? Mm -hmm. And so we, I, as in the same light where I've gone from level to level, I've talked about what you need to give up to move to the next level. Right. Right. First, yeah. we gave up judgment and blame. Then we gave up control. Right. That brought us into channeler. Now give up attachment. Attachment to everything. When you can release attachment to everything, then you're in being consciousness. Hmm. Attachment to your life. Attachment to time. Attachment to space, tough things to let go of, very tough things to let go of. 
Well, yeah. And I, I think attachment to relationships to people, you know, because that is part of who we are is, is, you know, we're mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and cousins and lovers. And, you know, we're so many things that have to do with an attachment to another being. And so maybe that's where, you know, like the Dalai Lama and those individuals get to eventually where they just exist. They're just there in that being spiritual place and they don't need anything else around them. They just kind of are there. They just are. I'm not sure that I personally would want that for me. Um, I love the channeling part. I feel like a lot of times I am there and I know that I, you know, can manifest pretty easily. And, you know, I think maybe some of us maybe go back and forth from manifesting to channeling until we settle into whatever it is, you know, where we need to be. But that whole being where you're just part of the universe and part of that energy field. Maybe that'll be after death. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kind of thinking that that one is so abstract. And I love relationships. I love being part of, you know, the humankind, if you will. And, and knowing that I am a being spiritually, but I'm also a human. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, I, I kind of tell my students, we're going to spend maybe 80% of our time in victim consciousness. Mm. And that is once you've learned all of this, you've mastered how to do this and all of that, you're still going to spend about 80% of your time in victim, con victim consciousness because that's why we came. We came to play in this reality. And that is victim consciousness. Mm. It's when that, consciousness becomes unpleasant to us that we can then spend step out spend maybe the next 18 uh, percent of our time in manifested consciousness right creating the reality we want every now and then you'll pop into channeler when you're doing things and if you pop into being uh, three four times in your life great right i mean the experience is kind of I, there's a gal that hasn't been on my show for a long time now because she's working on a book, but her name is Tess and Tess communicates with angels. And, you know, she said the angels had told her that this is all about play. You know, we're born and it really is all about playing and, and being out there experiencing life. So recognizing like, oh, wow, you know, I did that. Or, you know, this was a fun experience or maybe, nah, I didn't like that one so much. I don't think I'll do that one again. Um, but we, yeah, we, we can move very fluidly, you know, from one side to the other, just experiencing life and deciding what part feels good, what part we don't like, giving up the things we don't like and doing more of the things we like. Sounds like a leaf on the river. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Oh my. Well, um, again, it's, it's so much fun to have you on the show because, you know, we get to talk about these deep subjects. I mean, these are not simple matters uh, for people to understand. And if the majority of people stay in victim mentality, you know, then they don't even know that there's these other areas that they could go play in. You know, they exactly. could have fun, but they have to figure yeah. that part out. <laughs> Like I say, we are taught, you know, that this is your reality. It's going to act on you. It's going to hurt. It's going to be a pain at times. Tough it up. Suck it up. You know, okay, that's yeah, the, suck it up and then change it. Yeah, that's, that's the, the Marine Corps, you know, like yeah. uh, pull up your uh, panties, you know, get going here. And, um, and sometimes you have to. Uh -huh. Okay. Sometimes that's warrior. That's, that's getting into the, the, there's two types of manifestor. There's warrior and wizard. Mm, I'll okay. be a wizard. Thank you. <laughs> well, life requires both. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've been a warrior most of my life. You know, uh, I, I think I'd like to be a wizard for the rest of it. <laughs> wizard is good too. I love being wizard. You know, it's so much easier. 
It is. And there are times you just got to roll up your sleeves and do it. Mm-hmm. And that's being a warrior. Right, right. I, um, I will say that, um, you know, going through undergraduate in three years and graduate school in a year, you know, required the warrior status. You know, nothing was going to stand in my way. Um, watching my husband die slowly over 12 years and taking care of him was definitely warrior status. And there have been other moments, Um, but you learn, you always learn by what you experience, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, you learn. I I, want to draw a picture of the warrior real quick for for the audience here. Sure. Uh, I'm not talking modern day military warrior, not at all. I want you to go back to the Middle East, the, the, the Middle Ages, and, and uh, if, you know, there's somebody in armor who, who puts up their sword, they put on their helmet and they go running into battle, knowing that that could be the last thing that they do on this earth. Right. That's a warrior. Mm-hmm. And then they come through victorious. Right. Right. Like the samurai. Yes. Yeah. And how many times, you know, Native Americans went out knowing that they might never return or how many times did the vikings go out knowing that they might never return the perfect storm you know that movie um they made a beautiful statue for all those who had lost lost their lives at sea you know because of storms and you never do know we're never promised tomorrow is what i tell people is you know you need to be looking at what your life is today what you want it to be because tomorrow might not come Quite possibly. Yeah. And it would, be, it would be nice to be at least looking down, I will say, from a heavenly uh, position saying, you know what? It was a great life. It was something that. It was a fun I, ride, right? Yeah, it was a fun ride. I'm glad I did it. I yeah. think we want to be there. Well, Paul, um, our show has come to an end again. And um, so tell people how they can get hold of you and maybe let them know a couple of things that you can do for them. Sure. Well, uh, the website would be the, the first place to, to uh, get a hold of me. And that is, I deserve a perfect life. Because you do. I deserve a perfect life.com. And um, some of the things that I can do for them. Well, at the high end, we have a course that is a 12-week program that will literally change your life. It will completely transform your life. Whatever it is that you want to change, whatever it is you feel you want and cannot have, you want and have been stuck from obtaining, you can have it. And this course will show you how to produce that, how to manifest it. Um, From there, we can also help uh, with uh, individual sessions. If you just got one little problem and you don't want to take the whole course, we just want to talk and, you know, bounce some ideas off and maybe you can get some ideas to change a particular problem or situation in your life, we can do that too to help you with that. And then um, you can also um, go to Amazon where you can find my book, which is uh, Your Life, here's the title of the book, Your Life Sucks No More. And uh, I'm sure there are people who can relate to the first part of that. Uh, I certainly did. And now I get to relate to the second part of that. So that is another item that I could help people with. And you said the book is, is on Amazon, right? In both uh, ebook, uh, soft cover, and Audible. Okay. Your life sucks no more. Yep. <laughs> I like the title. All right, dear. Well, um, you'll be back on the show at the very end of the year. And in the meantime, I want to let everybody know that um, Paul's Additional shows are archived on the website. So www.SynergyConnectionRadio.com. There's, I don't know how many pages now. I know there's about 180 shows. So I think 13, 14 pages. And there's 12 on a page, I know. Uh, So there's a lot of shows to go through. But look for Paul Levin, L-E-V-I-N. And you will find uh, his name scattered around on those pages. And you can go back and listen to some of his older shows. Um, In the meantime, everybody go out there and please make this your best life. Uh, Take good care of yourself. Think about responsibility for your own health, not just the physician that is treating you or giving you a vaccine. 
it is up to you also to stay healthy. So do your part. And we will see you next week. Thanks so much. Again, make this your best life. Bye-bye. Boomers Forever Young is really making a name for themselves as an exciting nutritional company with products that really work. People from all over the country are starting to take notice. Their whole person approach to health and wellness, combined with their unique array of powerful natural health products, are setting them apart from all the other companies in the nutrition industry. Their customers love the one-on-one free consultations and the results they experience. Sound a little too good to be true? Then go online to boomerboost.com today and sign up for a free consultation with a product specialist or just give us a call at 1-800-861-4609. Again, that's boomerboost.com or call 1-800-861-4609 to join the thousands already experiencing the benefits of Boomers Forever Young products.